Hi everyone, hope you're keeping safe wherever you might be. Welcome back to the Energy Hall of Fame. This is Krisa Tsuraki, co-CEO at NVR, and together, as always, is our head of institutions, Madalena Suarez of Bulgaria, and we will be hosting a keynote episode featuring Anna Maisuraje, Acting Head of Division of International Relations in Energy Sector at Ministry of Economy and Sustainable Development in Georgia. So as you understand, the focus of today's session is Georgia's energy landscape, new projects, and bilateral relations. Welcome, Anna. Welcome, Madalena. It's really great to finally have our first Women in Energy episode. Thank you, Krisa. Thank you for organizing once again and for us to, to be having another episode. And welcome, Anna. It's really great to have Georgia with us today. How is everything? Hi, Madalena. Hi, Christy. I'm happy to be here on this post podcast. It's a pleasure to talk, to be talking to this matter and to about energy sector in general, uh, with, uh, such interesting people. Uh, everything is fine. We're trying to hold up to the situation and uh, stay positive. That's good to know. So let's, uh, kickstart, uh, Anna. Uh, we met you briefly uh, during our GPS uh, Global uh, EMP Summit back in summer, but I want to learn more about you, about your role in the ministry and, and your experience so far. It was such a good meeting uh, in the summer and I will engage more about what I do and uh, what has been my path uh, during this, uh, I think, almost seven years of being in a sector. I started very young. Uh, I'm Anna Maisuradze. To, to be more precise, I work uh, with the Ministry of Economy and Sustainable Development of Georgia in the direction of energy. Our department solely focuses on energy reforms and international relations. I'm also an acting head of uh, international relations in energy sector division. And I've been on this position uh, for almost eight months now, but uh, I was also a senior specialist and chief specialist in the same profile for a couple of years uh, have been also working with energy community secretariat in Vienna uh, for about seven months as an intern in the gas department I've gained uh, a lot of information and insight into the future possibilities of energy sector there and I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity because it kind of led me to have uh, more grounded uh, goals and aims uh, for the career that I'm, uh, I've been taking on. And I've also been an expert in terms of transit and energy charter secretariat uh, back in 2017. It was a very uh, short uh, period of time, but I've participated in several conferences, meetings, uh, have held uh, several, our, like my own uh, meetings with uh, representatives of different countries from Energy Charter Secretariat. It has a lot of member states there and uh, it is even more complex than energy uh, community in that regards because there are even more ideas and you have to have more negotiations uh, until you reach actually the decision and uh, you have to have all the yes from all the 56, if I'm not mistaken, countries including the European Union and all the European member states. So yes, that has been my path. I mean, I've been in energy sector since I was 23, if I remember it correctly. Basically, when I finished my school uh, bachelor's degree, um, I, I was majoring in international um, law. 
I started working uh, after a year in the Ministry of Energy back then. I started as an intern, actually, and then was moved up to the senior specialist in the European Integration Division and have stayed on that position for a while. But it kind of gave me the flexibility, the ministry and being in the public sector to, you know, gain more access, uh, be it the, the energy community or be it energy charter, because I had the chance to go there as an expert and then as an intern while staying a, a senior specialist in the ministry. And then um, I mean, we've merged with Ministry of Economy and I just um, moved up to a chief specialist in the Ministry of Economy, but I stayed in the energy direction. And I feel like this is something that I never thought would happen to me because um, international law is more broad. If, if you ask me, like you could engage yourself in every direction, be it energy, be it human rights, be it international relations even. So I never saw myself in energy when I was uh, majoring in international law and when I was in my bachelor's degree. I always thought there would be something something else. But then... Um, uh, you know, when I started my internship and uh, I was guided with a very special person there, uh, she's also a woman in energy. And I think this energy in terms of being a woman and the power that I uh, received from her and uh, the insight that I received from uh, this person kind of helped me to guide and uh, to become someone that I am today. It's not much, but I feel like uh, being young and being a girl in energy sector is really hard for all of us being out there. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's different. And everybody kind of looks at you and says, like, hmm, can she really pull this out? And then... Then you just really have to prove yourself. So that is why I feel like uh, it has taken a lot of courage and <laughs> dedication to get wherever I am today. So, yeah. Very true. Okay, perfect. You know, two points here that are very interesting. Of course, you know, uh, women in energy is it's a huge chapter and something that we can actually roll out as a, as a different podcast with uh, some more women and we can make it very interesting. But another point that's very interesting to me is that you have this IR background, international relations background. We haven't had someone, I think, with this profile so far. And that's, that's really good because you can give us some more information about how Georgia deals with neighbors at the end of the podcast. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it and hear your, your thoughts. Let's kick off with your current role promoting the country and facilitating the programs for Georgia's energy sector. Can you give us some more information on the country in terms of you know what's there? Why would someone invest in the upstream right now? Are there any programs out there for EMP uh, companies to I don't know, react to any licensing rounds that we are not aware of, perhaps? Yes, sure. I would love to do that. For the time being, uh, we are in the process of changing and process of reforms. This has been kind of uh, 
chaotic in some way, but in a very positive light, because it will give a tremendous amount of possibilities for the investors and for the people who are interested in upstream and for uh, companies that are actually interested in being part of the country, which uh, which is one of the first in the region who has been embarking on the EU legislation and EU third energy package because we are the only, I mean, in the neighbors, uh, we are only only ones who actually have been implementing those regulations. For So therefore, I see a lot of opportunities in, in, in upstream because, you know, Caspian region is very, very rich in this matter. And um, having a country that has been updating its regulations and has been involved with European side of the directives and legislation frameworks could lead to a very positive development for the investors and for the region itself, I, I feel like, because, you know, then you have Turkmenistan who has a lot of potential mm-hmm. to connect to uh, Europe through Georgia. Uh, we could serve as a bridge and um, lead to Turkey or to Bulgaria through Turkey. Also, Azerbaijan is a very interesting uh, in this regard because they they are expanding southern gas corridor. They have TAP and TANEP part of the yeah, which is in the final position for the time being. And of course, it has a lot of potential as it is a transit country. And uh, as a transit country, kind of not only interest uh, the companies and investors that would like to be part of a new era, I would say, in, <laughs> in this matter, but also this will then in the future serve the security of supply throughout the whole region. Because then, of course, you could develop partnerships and uh, connections to go further and go to maybe Iran. So there are a lot of possibilities, I, I feel like, so... Indeed. But can you focus and explain us what's happening? Are there any exploration programs, uh, ANP programs in the country uh, currently active? Is a country rolling out any exploration in the Black Sea or onshore? Yeah, sure. I would uh, touch up on the, this issue. It's a very important one. Currently, uh, we have been focusing on exploration. I don't know if the listeners are aware, but we have a state agency for gas and oil, and they're the ones who are licensing uh, all the exploration procedures. They're the ones who are also tendering the for the interested companies uh, and uh, kind of focus more on uh, on exploration and licensing part. And I feel like uh, they have such a potential in this uh, matter. For the time being, we already have uh, one tender that has been won by uh, OMB. I'm sure that a, a lot of people know about OMB because it's a very big, uh, big company and uh, it focuses on a lot of markets. Uh, be the Romanian department or coming from Austria? From Romania, you know, we've had a tender going on. Basically, our government had uh, continued taking actions with the aim to attract investors for the offshore blocks. In the beginning of the year, our state agency of oil and gas, SAUG, um, uh, together with the Ministry of Economy and Sustainable Development, uh, 
announced the tender. I don't remember exact date. Sorry for this, but uh, yeah, we've announced the a tender for the open international companies for second and the third offshore blocks to obtain a general licenses uh, to use the oil and gas resources from the offshore blocks. Tender was preceded with the existing geological and kind of uh, geophysical materials you know, with the, like you know we had the aim to determine uh, potential and whether if it was feasible we've uh, executed contract with OMV Petrum super and, yeah and not only OMV Petrum but uh, also Repsol and ExxonMobil and Total uh, with this regard the Romanian B Petrum which is also a member of OMV Group uh, was uh, declared uh, as the second license block winner on the tender which was held in I think it was either May or June but I can uh, you know I can provide you more information about this um, you know uh, it was it was a long uh, negotiation process we're glad that it was finalized with good news you know the procedures legal procedures will most probably be done by 2020 so by the end of this year maybe maximum uh, the beginning of 2021 this should be all finalized legal wise then we will have uh, other tender for the third block black sea which is actually uh, ongoing for the moment and it has been prolonged till almost to the end of december makes a lot of sense and it's a decision that many countries are are taking right now so when we're we're talking about black sea the first thing i've worked a lot with the balkan countries mainly romania to be frank i've worked with turkey too uh, for the black sea of course indications show that there is a lot of gas not just uh, in the west coast but also on the east coast of the black sea and i guess this is where georgia wants to you know tap into and develop gas production. So in terms of, of gas, it's the hottest, I think, word for 2020 should be gas and energy transition. But what is the natural gas market in, in Georgia? Could you give us some more information? Uh, is there any plan to open the market? What's currently happening for those that are not fully aware of what's uh, currently happening in the in the country? For the time being, uh, we are working on developing the market concept design for natural gas. When you're situated in such tight neighborhood and you don't have a geographical connection to the to the western parts of the globe, you have to kind of guide yourself wherever you are and uh, develop uh, legislative frameworks that will help you to be more uh, successful and more transparent in your market. And for the time being, uh, we are working with, uh, along with Energy Community Secretariat, we are working on development of market concept design for natural gas because we've already um, adopted one for the electricity back in uh, back in April. And uh, I think this process should be uh, finalized uh, by the end of this year. So we, we will wait for it to be adopted. So this will be like a general outline on how the gradual opening of the market should work and what type of market we will have uh, in the future because you have to consider all the circumstances 
circumstances that you're fa- facing uh, in your own country. You know, you have to have the uninterrupted gas uh, supply to, to your citizens, and this is the sole goal in the end. But in between, if you and your uh, legal framework could provide your um, customers, be it the distributor company or be it uh, the uh exchange or uh, etc you still have to make it more transparent and even more accessible to all of your citizens to so that they have the choice to know which which provider uh, do they want as their yeah i mean the price it has to be more practical and uh, of course it will be very hard and this is why we will have a gradual opening of the market yeah, and I think it's kind of healthy, especially right now. One question I have here about the natural gas market, if you allow me, is there any country that you are taking as an example to develop this program? Because you said you're getting the advice and you said where from. But in terms of having a, a great model in mind, is there a country that you're specifically looking into that you think that has been very successful in that in that sense? I don't know. Actually, we've had a study uh, conducted, so to say, by the expert, which kind of um, focused on many countries, be it energy community countries and be it uh, European countries. For me, frankly speaking, I feel like Czech Republic had a similar situation in terms of that they only had like one big company who was a distributor in the country. And then the big distributor had sub distributing uh, companies across the country in itself. And they had it very hard on it because I was there uh, last year exactly for this reason to envision the development of our natural gas market because it's so complex it's so complicated on the other hand you have uh, russia very close to the border and uh, russia is the major company who provides for most of the european countries as a gazprom uh, ownership and uh, also then you have azerbaijan who has soccer also one of the major companies um, in this regard and then you know you also have a complex relationship with russia for the time being as they're the occupiers of your uh, territory and it is hard to find all those answers just in one country I would say so we've really tried to focus on as many options as possible to you know find the ground so to say outcome or like answer to how to actually move forward with having an open market and with uh, with trading and you know have a proper developed design for natural gas i mean electricity is it's easier it's different and then you have a lot of uh, transmission lines and you could basically connect to anything you would like to as long as you build uh, the transmission lines at the borders of those countries that you are bordering with but you know natural gas it's it's more complex the pipeline is not as easy to invest in uh, and as uh, uh, european uh, countries are more focused on uh, energy efficiency renewable energy etc sustainability transition it is hard to find an investor who will be willing to 
to be trying themselves in, in natural gas. So it was definitely a very complex and very uh, long uh, process of finding the best uh, solution for our market, you know, because you have to then envision all of those problems that you might encounter during that process. This is a very challenging uh, activity that's going to happen within the next couple of years, right? Everyone is looking exactly for that sort of uh, of new partnership, of new involvement of companies that want to take the risk and uh, really help the country in the gas industry. But I think one of the key aspects, exactly as you mentioned, will be how can countries and, and ministries work on their legislation, on, on their framework that then is going to be attractive and sexy for these companies exactly. And you were saying that we have some changes also on that side. Can you give us any any more information on that? Can you shed any light? When can we expect what sort of news from that side? Yes. I mean, we've already uh, adopted and enacted the new law on energy and water supply, which of course involves acts about natural gas. It's, it has been in force uh, since 2019, like end of December. And uh, we're going according to the law itself. So um, the market concept design will give you a more of an outline of uh, what the market will look like and what will be the future possibilities of expanding cooperations with investors, expanding cooperations with international organizations, uh, etc. And this will be also publicly accessible uh, as soon as it is adopted by the government and as soon as we have final version of it. A lot of investors can publicly access it through our legislative Herald. And I mean, uh, even the law on energy and water supply could lead to new ideas in the, in the investor uh, minds because, you know, you just uh, you just go to the our national legislative herald, you just uh, search it there and you voila, everything is there. And even if you want to you know, talk to any public servant uh, who is in this and has been working on the law itself, you can also publicly access all those information through our website uh, and just email those people and ask specific questions if you're an investor, etc. Because it's very important to give as much access to uh, new opportunities because you are in the end uh, the Ministry of Economy and you strive to have better economical situation and better development in your country. And you know, Anna, you just touched a really important point because one of the things that we hear more often is exactly it's important from the side of the governments and the ministries that all the investors feel there is an open communication channel to really go back and forth and try to make sure that they got exactly what were the conditions to invest in that sort of project. And the fact that Georgia is opening this channel and wants to highlight that this communication is available for everyone is very important, especially if it comes hands in hands with this uh, transparent position. I think this was very important. It leads me to my next question because... As you know, NVR has one of, um, has the task of really building this bridge or connecting potential investors, potential funders that could be interested in uh, global projects. And so, of course, there are always 
partners that could be willing to looking into new opportunities in new countries that maybe they have never worked with before, but they still look interesting and they still have something that could be put on the table and considered. So what would be the main opportunities at the moment we can find in Georgia and that you feel that it's important to really make it clear throughout this podcast to any potential partner that can be listening today? There are several ways to get interested in in the country. As I mentioned previously, everything is available online and uh, easily accessible by Legislative Herald. Also, there are several projects ongoing, but more more in renewable energy. You know, since energy renewable energy is something uh, very positive in in regards to energy transition and in regards to green energy. Uh, There have been more and more companies who have been uh, interested in uh, investing uh, in renewable energy. For the time being, uh, there are several big uh, renewable energy projects going on. I mean, my department is not uh, directly connected to those uh, projects, but surely uh, investors can find uh, their way through our website to communicate with the right person and to have their own proposals, if it be uh, solar or wind projects or uh, hydropower projects. Because, I mean, we are rich in this regard. Our hydro sources are really big in this regard. We've been really trying to improve and trying to move forward and kind of accumulate uh, existing legislation frameworks in renewable energy matters to have more interest, of course, from the investors. And also, if uh, this may be something of interest uh, to potential investors and uh, who is also listening to us, we have conducted the energy charter, has conducted a report for 2020 20, which entails, you know, a lot of interesting parts of several countries who are also member states to Energy Charter, including Georgia. Uh, what is the situation investment-wise uh, in the country? It is sort of an evaluation of the risks and uh, interesting uh, particles of the market for the investors. Actually, we have a very positive feedback and uh, Energy Charter kind of suggests uh, <laughs> investors to um, invest in, um, uh, in the country. This could be something used uh, for, for future uh, corporations to look at and you know, understand uh, the market and the possibilities the country gives. Absolutely. And Anna, now I need to ask you uh, an, an obvious question that, of course, is uh, is really affecting literally every market in the world, because, of course, there are a lot of opportunities, but we need to understand how has COVID, right, really impact on these projects, these opportunities? How has the country reacted? And especially on the side of uh, the surge security plans, that, of course, Georgia has been speaking um, quite often. So what are the first signals? or the first consequences that we can see about COVID? In general, COVID-19 didn't really cause any uh, interruptions in terms of security of supply. Of course, there were minor 
changes uh, in this uh, regard uh, due to the consumption. And in general, I think the summer period is always decreased in consumption, and uh, this was a logical natural gas. But uh, do like uh, today, uh, we didn't have uh, any problems in regards to this. We kind of had uh, everything uh, organized uh, very precisely. We had subsidies. I mean, the government had the subsidies to those who were in need and uh, also a regulatory commission uh, has developed the special program where you could say no to those subsidies in case if you were capable of uh, handling the bills that were preceded um, uh, during the pandemic because we were in the lockdown and for March, uh, April and May, uh, the government kind of had a plan to help uh, those who were in need and those those who needed uh, additional resources to pay for the bills and to have a uh, cozy and you know, kind of warm uh, spring back in, in the time. And uh, it was very successful in this regard because, I mean, uh, it was up to the citizens to decide whether if they were capable of paying bills. And then we could also, you know, say no. I, mean, I, I did say no to it because I was recruited and I had the chance to uh, to pay my bills, but some didn't. So it was a really good opportunity for those, especially who uh, are moving here to Tbilisi to work uh, from the regions and uh, they're renting uh, their flat maybe and they're the ones who are the incomers um, in, in the family. So it was, uh, it was something uh, interesting and a good opportunity. To help. I'm hearing a lot, Anna, about energy, about the, about the market, about bills. So this takes me to the next question that we we have in mind uh, that has to do with renewables and their uh, you know their importance and the role in Georgia's uh, energy mix. So are there any strong, interesting, attractive um, renewable investment programs right now available to investors? Everything uh, can be accessed if there are interested parties and interested co- companies, investors, and this matter in renewable energy. For the time being, as I, I mentioned, I'm, I don't have uh, direct access to the ongoing projects. Uh, but anybody interested can, can uh, access the information about the department uh, via our website. Uh, I will say it as well. It's economy.g. Very easy. <laughs> and you will find the right person to communicate with because there might not be uh, an available uh, project which is ongoing at the moment, but there might be ideas that investors have uh, on their own and uh, could uh, propose to the ministry. We also have a uh, Georgian Energy Development Fund, which also works on the renewable energy projects. And, you know, there are vast opportunities in terms of communication in this regard. And uh, any interested party could uh, easily find something they could invest into. In the hopes of uh, the nearest future, our legislation uh, will offer more transparent and more regulated frameworks for, for this and um, we also have uh, adopted the uh, law on renewable energy resources uh, for its utilization. And uh, I think this would 
be also helpful uh, for those who are interested to see what what the future holds and what where they can find themselves uh, on the Georgian market. As we are running a bit out of time, I wanted to very much thank you for your participation today to this podcast. It has been very interesting to to learn more about Georgia. Uh, it was very inclusive. We were discussed about the market, about the prices, COVID, uh, upstream projects, and uh, you know the future of of the country, international relations on the upstream imports, exports, and and midstream. That's extremely interesting. I think that uh, Georgia is indeed a place to to watch. And I want to again thank uh, Madalena as always for for being here, and you, Anna for um, creating this this wonderful chat today. It has been a very big, big pleasure for us. It has been a pleasure for me as well. I love talking about energy with with bright minds. And, uh, you know, as I said in the beginning of the conversation, for me, it's very important to have uh, like-minded people in energy who are women as well. So for me, it's extra meaningful to be talking to you Lena, I feel like we could have uh, better conversations maybe in the future as well uh, when the market is uh, totally more or less developed and we've reached all the uh, goals that uh, is now um, in the process. So, yeah, let's hope for the best. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Thank you so much, Anna, for everything. And thank you, Krisa, for having us again. And uh, have a great day, a great week. <laughs> you too. Have a great week. Enjoy and uh, stay positive. Stay safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs>